going to go into from now at least to Christmas at least I think uh, another series on prophecies fulfilled in Jesus I haven't put uh, as much work into this there's, there's plenty there trust me plenty uh, as much work into this as maybe I would like um, as you know this is the, this morning broadcast is just one of many different things I have going on and uh, But there's so much in Scripture that we have. So we're going to be looking at prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. You know, and and oftentimes we we tend to think of, you know, five or six or seven prophecies maybe that are fulfilled in Jesus this time of year. But um, to think that there are some believers that have uh, studied it out uh, and have indicated that there are more likely... 
oh, uh, 350 or so prophecies fulfilled already in Jesus, let alone the ones yet to be fulfilled in Jesus. Now, some people get all weirded out to hear the word prophecy. <gasps> well, wait a minute. To me, the reality of, of the matter is this, that when we have all these prophecies in Scripture that are given to us, uh, and then we see how they're fulfilled in Jesus, to me, that, that just underscores the reliability of the Word of God. Uh, for me, that just underscores the fact that God can be counted upon. Uh, for me, that just that just highlights the reality that what God says he will do, he will do. And so if he fulfilled 350-plus prophecies in Jesus already, that's a pretty good indication that we can trust in the prophecies he is yet going to give to us. And um, I'm sorry, not prophecies he's going to give to us, the fulfillments of prophecies that will yet come to us. That's what I'm trying to say here. I got distracted for a moment looking at the comments. And uh, so things that are written in the scripture already as yet as future prophecy, the fact that God has already done so much of what he said he was going to do, and not only in Jesus, there are other prophecies. I mean, the prophecies, Hanukkah prophecies that we looked at uh, in the last week, uh, going back to Daniel chapter 11, and uh, to see those being fulfilled, and then you see it in the New Testament in John chapter 10, verse 22, um, we can count on God. God is reliable. And so for us to go back and uh, do a, at least a, a cursory glance over in the next several days, from now till New Year's at least, um to do a cursory glance over those many prophecies, I think is a good thing for us to do. It, it, it should, it, it should stir our love for Jesus. It should fortify us in the faith. Um, and it, it should uh, uh, reassure our resolve that our Christian faith is accurate and something that we can count on. So, uh, I, I'm going to get into these many, many, many different prophecies uh, and look at them uh, and share them with you. Uh, we can probably take 55 of the prophecies uh, and look at those fulfilled already in Jesus and uh, as kind of maybe relates around Christmas. For instance, the birth of Jesus, something prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus' ministry, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus' role in the church prophesied in the Old Testament. And so we we look at and we consider those things, uh, those realities and so let me let me share some of them with you, and uh, here we go. Some prophecies of Jesus' birth. Uh, you can go all the way back to Genesis chapter twelve. Let me put the book of Genesis up on the screen. For us to look at Genesis chapter twelve, and and this this relates also to what we're watching uh, in the news 
today and the last few months of what is taking place in Israel. Um, So here we go. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I'll curse, and peoples on the earth will be blessed. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. How does this all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you come into play? Well, uh, that gets fulfilled for us in the book of Acts chapter 3, and we'll see verses 25 and 26. Sorry, you're going to watch the screen move here as I get down there. It says, uh, in fact, I'll pick up verse 24. It says, indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. Uh, and Acts chapter 3 is a, is, is a chapter that has many prophecies in it. And Paul, I'm sorry, Peter underscoring the fact that these uh, prophecies are about Jesus. He says, verse 24, uh, Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel, and as many have spoken, have foretold these days, and you are heirs of the prophets, and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. And, and so the message of repentance being given to turn people from their wicked ways, part of the ministry of John the Baptist, and then continuing on the, the, the ministry of Jesus, because repentance was and is part of the gospel message, turning away from sin, turning away from self, turning to God, all of those things. Uh, and so we reference Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, over to the New Testament, Acts chapter 3, verses 24 through 26, uh, as as the fulfillment, Jesus being the fulfillment of that prophecy given. In fact, does anybody here happen to know the first prophecy given uh, about about Jesus in the uh, in the Old Testament? I mean, this is a test of your knowledge. I'll give you a chance to to see if you know uh, what uh, what that knowledge more uh, that reference is uh, in the Old Testament, the first, what many teach is the first uh, occurrence, the first reference to Jesus, the first prophecy to Jesus in the Old Testament. So, number one, all nations uh, will be blessed through uh, Abram's lineage, and that lineage would result in Jesus. Uh, Again, we're going to go into the book of Romans uh, after we go a little further here in the book of Genesis, so let me take us in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 19. Uh, God said, "Your but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. You will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And we go to Romans chapter 9 just to see the fulfillment of that. Now, some of these are not necessarily the, the prophecies that you're thinking about at Christmas, and, and, and we will get to those here uh, in just a moment. In fact, I have a chart that I want to put up for you, uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 7. 
It says, nor, nor because they are his descendants uh, are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned, or th- through Isaac your offspring will be blessed. Let me put that in the New Living Translation. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children, for the scriptures say Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, uh, though Abraham had other children too. And we've looked at that. We know that he had other children in, in the Ishmael, and we've talked about the problem and why people don't like the Jews to this day and all the fighting and and. It isn't Palestine. Uh, I mean, you might call it Palestine. Some call, it, but but the Palestinians never really had a country of their own. Uh, really, uh, they were they were nomads often and uh, Bedouin types of people uh, in those days. So we uh, we see those things uh, even here. The prophecies given. The nations being blessed through Jacob's offspring. Uh, and then it says this in Genesis chapter 49. I'll take us to Genesis 49. Uh, there's just so much prophecy that was fulfilled in Jesus. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. And here you see this. It says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. And this is speaking of Jesus. He is the one that all nations will honor. So those are just a few of the prophecies. And and we think of others at this time of year. The ones that make it onto our Christmas cards and and whatnot, um, like what we read in Micah chapter five. So I'm going to take us over to Micah chapter five. I, I'm I'm back and forth between many different screens here this morning, and uh, so I'm sorry. Hopefully, I'm not giving you whiplash. Uh, here we go, Isaiah, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. I mean, this is this is so very, very, very uh, telling. And notice what it says here. I mean, Bethlehem. That this isn't. This, this is a region in the West Bank. Uh, it's a place where we probably right now might not be able to go. I don't know if we were to go to Israel, if we could get to Bethlehem uh, uh, or not right now, just because of uh, what is taking place in the war that's taking place in in Israel. Maybe we could, uh, but. Certainly, things are heightened this time of year. I was fortunate to get to go there last year. Uh, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, only a small village among the people of Judah, and, and it was a very small village, yet a ruler of Israel, and notice what this says, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. It speaks about the past, speaks about origins from the distant past, it says, he will come from you on my behalf, the distant past. Jesus was here uh, as God, 
God creator, God sustainer, part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, throughout all of time. And his origins are in the distant past. Origins, really distant past. Uh, his origins are from eternity. And yet that ruler uh, of Israel will come on my behalf, in, in my behalf, speaking of the Godhead, will come. Prophecy, Micah, given here in the book of Micah, but then we will turn into the into the New Testament, into Matthew chapter 2, and see the fulfillment of this. Uh, chapter 2 and verses 2 through 6, it says... Uh, in fact, let me go to verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem uh, in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men, notice it doesn't say three wise men, interestingly, from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. And it says, King Herod was deeply disturbed, and he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Uh, He called a meeting with the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for that is what the prophet wrote. And now we see Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, quoting uh, Micah chapter 5, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people, Israel. All this we we read about Jesus and how he will fulfill the prophecies. And now we see him actually fulfilling these prophecies. And and, and these, my friends, are, are just a few, only a few. Uh, and there is so much about Jesus uh, that uh, that we need to consider or or even to think about you know the, the, the likelihood of, of what he would fulfill in fact I, I want to read you a little bit about a scholar from a college um, and already I've mentioned to you that uh, they believe that there's over 300 some of what I, I've read, some say three, 351 prophecies, to be specific, about Jesus in the Old Testament. Uh, they're specific enough uh, that the mathematical probability of Jesus fulfilling even a handful of them, let alone all of them, is staggeringly improbable. Peter Stoner uh, was a chairman of the Department of Mathematics and uh, Astronomy at Pasadena College, uh, and he was passionate about biblical prophecy. So he took uh, 600 students from University Christian Fellowship. He looked at eight specific prophecies about Jesus, and they came up with extremely conservative probabilities for each one of these prophecies being fulfilled, and they considered the likelihood that Jesus could fulfill all eight of those prophecies. Now, remember, we said there are 351. The conclusion was reached that uh, the prospect that anyone could satisfy those eight prophecies was one uh, in 10 to the 17th power. That would mean 17 zeros on the end. 
Uh, in, in the book, uh, Science Speaks, he described it like this. Uh, let us try to visualize this chance. If you mark one of ten ticks and place all the ticks in a hat and thoroughly stir them and then think of the Think of a blindfolded man uh, asking a blindfolded man to draw one. His chance of getting the right ticket was one in ten. Suppose we take uh, ten to the seventeenth power silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas. They were cut. Co- well, they would cover all the state of Texas two feet deep. Now mark one of the silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly over the entire state. Uh, blindfold a man and tell him he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up one silver dollar and say that this is the right one, the marked one. What chance would he have of getting the right one? I mean, that, that that's what we're talking about here. Just the same chance that the prophets uh, would have had of writing these eight prophecies and having all of them come true in any one man from their day to present time, providing they wrote using their own wisdom. I mean, the probability is so small that that Jesus would fulfill these prophecies. And uh, it's just absolutely amazing to think about. Now, let's think specifically about some of the Christmas prophecies, some of what you would have on on Christmas cards that that, uh, you will get, that you will send, that's often part of the readings at Christmas time. And Christmas services, consider Isaiah chapter 7. For the record, I haven't looked. Has anybody answered my question yet about the prophecies, the first prophecy? Did anybody respond to that? Uh, No, not yet. And I would want to ask Sashi, which... Which 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 country in Africa? Oh, did they? I missed it. Where, where's Priscilla saying the Hopkins did? Let me go up here. Let me go up. Let me go up. Let me go up. Uh, yep, Donna Hopkins gets the gold star today because Donna Donna Hopkins not only gave an answer but gave the correct answer, and the correct answer is this: Genesis three fifteen was the first prophecy given about Jesus. Let me show you what that was. Donna, we're so proud of you. You, She's one of our Sunday school teachers. Steve and Donna are some of the most incredible, faithful people that I know. So faithful. And uh, such, such servants of the Lord, we give thanks for you. Genesis 3.15, I will cause hostility between you and the woman. Now, he is speaking. This is God speaking to the enemy, Satan, says, I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. While striking the heel might wound the person, but striking the head will kill them. And uh, this is the prophecy uh, given of the great war between Satan and, and the offspring of woman who would be Jesus and the the victory is seen in this verse that although the enemy strikes Jesus' heel, Jesus will crush his head. And uh, the first prophecy that is given about Jesus, way to go, Donna. Great, great stuff. Really, 
really good. Now, Isaiah, let me take us to Isaiah chapter 7, and this is a familiar verse. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Uh, Let me put this in a more familiar translation. Because this is what you would probably read on a Christmas card. Here it is. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, It says he will eat curds and honey uh, when he knows uh, when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Uh, but before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of two kings you dread will be laid waste. So, I mean, this is Isaiah going down the road saying, hey, the land you love is going to be rejected. Uh, the land of two kings, uh, what's he talking about there? The two kings he's talking about to Israel, to the north, Judah to the south. He's saying even before Jesus can come. There's going to be a day of reckoning, and uh, that's what he's saying here. But verse 7, verse, I'm sorry, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be a child and give you a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. So here's one for uh, for the comment section. What is the meaning of Emmanuel? Let's see who gets the gold star on that answer in the comment section. I'll come back and check in just a moment. But what is the fulfillment? Where do we go for the fulfillment of this? We go over to Matthew. Uh, and looking at my notes, I, Matthew, I have a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 and down at verse 23. And here we see a fulfillment of that. The virgin will be with child. And give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, I just, I unfortunately, I just answered the the question for the comment section, so all of you could could write Emmanuel means God with us, and 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 that is the most significant thing. In fact, I, I'm going to stop at this prophecy because we're already almost out of time. There is so much here. Let, let me put up one more thing for you, real fast. Uh, there it is. And there's this great big chart here, uh, 351 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I mean, there's page one, page two, page three, page four, page five, page six, page seven, page eight, page nine, page 10, page 11, page 12, page 13, page 14, Page 15, 15, ah, there they are, good, uh, 15 pages of prophecies, and, and if you look at what we have here, let me go back up to the first page, on the one side, you have the prophecy, and the other side, you have the fulfillment, in the middle, you have the description, so 15 pages of prophecies about Jesus that we have to look at. Now, in fairness... There were people. <clears throat> there were people who got this right uh, before I said it. I, I was reprimanded and corrected by my very dear friend Fran Riley, saying uh, Priscilla Harriman and Dinah Kay got it before you read it. So, uh, 
because I was busy looking at one screen. I didn't see what was happening on the other screen. If you could see, I, I need one more screen here, actually. I've got this little screen right in front of me here, but I need one more big screen sometimes for some of what I do. I've done this pretty good for three years with three screens. And anyway, um, I really don't need another screen. But yes, Priscilla got it. Johnny K got it. And, and that's the prophecy I want you to take with you into your weekend. The fulfilled prophecy that Jesus is Emmanuel. That is, that is the word of the weekend for you. Emmanuel, God with us. He is with us. He is, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Uh, he is with us to give us his love. He is with us to give us his strength. He is with us to give us his, his help. He is with us to give us hope. He is with us to give us his love, uh, and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And it goes on and on and on and on from there. All these things Jesus has done for us, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, thank you that you are God with us. May we find comfort in your presence today. May we find strength. May we find joy. May we find hope because you are, you are Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.